Welcome in to episode three of the Cellar Dweller podcast. Again, this is Cullen King with Donnie Gilmore. Donnie, how are we doing this week? Doing good, Cullen. How you doing? Well, a little sad now, but we'll we'll get to why in a little bit here a little later. Yeah, so today we're just going to start off with some news um, with the 2028 Olympics. They're going to be bringing cricket, flag football, lacrosse, and squash to the Olympics in L.A. in 2028. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to watch flag football, honestly. Well, squash is a fun sport to watch after you just had to look up what yeah. squash was. Oh, I just heard about it. It looks pretty fun. So that should definitely be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to... I'm wondering how they're going to determine the teams for flag football. Well, I'm guessing it's going to be some form of like seven on seven by country, of course. And because the USA is the greatest country in the world, they'll they'll win at everything like they usually do. Except like the stupid ones like trap shooting and things like that. I think we'd still have trap shooting. It's just going to be weird like determining how they pick up the team, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I think adding lacrosse is great for the Olympics. Uh from 1990 to 2008, lacrosse grew 528 percent in high school, in high school participation, and in 2008, U.S. lacrosse grew membership by 579 percent, and 1.2 million players older than the age of seven uh, were playing lacrosse in the year 2007. Now it is up to 2.9 million people, and there is now the start of a national or like a professional lacrosse league with 20 teams. So I think lacrosse is a great sport. It's uh, it's approachable for people. It's a uh, it's a cross between hockey, soccer, and football, and it doesn't do any of the things that those sports do the best Yeah, no, at all. I think lacrosse is a very fun sport to watch. I mean, I had a high school team, of course, but I watched some college lacrosse here and there, and those are some fun games to watch. So I'm definitely excited to watch those Olympics in 2028, Colin. Yeah, I have a couple buddies that play uh, lacrosse in college, so I'm sure they'll be excited to watch some high-quality lacrosse. Well, does that segue us into another Olympic sport, hockey? Who knows, but we will be taking on hockey for the NHL. Hockey is an Olympic sport, Donnie. Oh, it is? It's a winter Olympic sport. Oh, that's a, oh yeah, the dream team, I guess. The miracle team, the man. Miracle. You, you yeah, love that I'll movie. That oh, no, we're keeping this in. We're keeping <laughs> yeah, this in. Kind of had a blank there, but we are going to move over to the NHL as it just started. And I'm very surprised with the Oilers. They are start out 0-2. Of course, it's a big season. It's a long season, but I, I don't think anyone saw that coming. But Bruins are at the top of the Eastern at 2-0, and and then at the Metro, the Penguins are up, and they are 2-1. and Avalanche up in those Central and the Western at 2-0, and and then the Golden Knights in the Pacific are 3-0. and But, Colin, I bet you're going to have a lot to say about Bedard. <laughs> so, Connor Bedard, right? So, the Chicago Blackhawks team, they're not the best team. I mean, if we look at them already, they're um, on the eastern side of the bracket. I mean, they've played four games. They're 2-2. Two and two. They've scored 11 goals. They've given up nine. They're not strong defensively. But if we go into this specifically, um, Mr. Connor Bedard here, not my favorite player, as you all know. So Bedard, so far, he did score his first goal. And against, assist. And yeah, I guess he does have an assist, too. Two assists, actually. Three points. He's dash one. Uh, he scored his first goal against Boston. Uh, looked to me like Boston wasn't trying in that first period. Bedard scored, and Boston turned it on. And I think they dominated the rest of the second period there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Bedard, it's grown the game, which is great. Hockey's a game that should be grown, but I just don't like all the hype getting put into this Connor Bedard kid already. And I could call him a kid because he's the same age as me. Actually, he's younger than me. Yeah. And he's younger than you, Donnie. Yeah, no, it's going on that age thing, I was watching a couple of clips on social media, and he was on the Pat McAfee show. And a couple of those guys, if you don't watch that, a lot of them love their booze. 
And one of them asked a question on how he enjoys time with the team, of course, because a lot of them are over 21 and able to drink. And he just gives a response and says that you can have fun without alcohol. And I thought that was pretty funny because it got Pat McAfee going and all that. So I think he's a pretty funny guy. He's showing a lot of potential. But, of course, like I said earlier, there's a lot more season left. So we'll see how he plays. Donnie, I played against him. That's sick. I played against him when I was, like, 13 years old. He was playing for the Regina Pats, like, U13 team. Dude, that's like me saying that I played a kid that got drafted by the Twins. I mean, I mean, it's still pretty cool, but, I mean. I played against that same kid. But, uh, yeah, no, and I just remember that game. You go back. I mean, he was kind of taking it easy. We were, like, we weren't Connor with our level of a team, and. I think we were winning like a goal or two in the fur in the going into the third and you could their coach kind of gave him the look like hey let it go kid and i think he went off to score like six goals my dad's in the stands and he doesn't know who this kid is he's some canadian kid and he's just like someone fucking hit him fucking hit him <laughs> well it turns out he was a first overall nhl draft pick but <laughs> i mean that does seem like a pretty big hockey thing but yeah no i'm excited to watch him play more yeah, no, I mean, he's good for the game, but I just, I think people need to cool down the heat on him a little bit. But uh, looking at second place in the, the Atlantic there is the Detroit Red Wings. The Iser plan is coming to fruition. Two and one so far going going here in the early season. Uh, beating the, losing to the Devils, game number one, four to three. Then taking down the strong Tampa Bay Lightning, Steve Eiserman's former squad that he was the general manager for. Then yesterday, shutting out the Blue Jackets for nothing. Tomorrow they got the Penguins. Uh, but if we go over to players, and we just click on a guy, so I can just pull up the Red Wings stats here. It's going to take me a second here. Fucking, uh, fucking internet's not that fast. But the the acquisition of the offseason, ranked number one by NHL.com, and number one in my book was the Wings trading for Alex Dabrinkat. In three games, he's got three goals, two assists for combined five points, plus three. He's got a power play goal and two OT winners. What? A, well, not two OT winners. What stat is that? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at the wrong stat. But DeBrinket's having a year so far. JT Comfer, another offseason acquisition. has got four. Gossa Spear, the defenseman they traded for. He's got three. Captain Dylan Larkin's got three. And Maurice Sider, the reincarnation of a great, of great defenseman, has got three points. So... Wings looking strong so far into the year, and let's check out the goalie stats here. Vili Husso, acquisition from the Blues. Uh, he lost that first game. He's got a 3.57 goals against average and 8.63 save percentage. James Reimer, guy that's been in the league forever. He won last night's game against Columbus, pitching a shutout. Stopped 23 pucks that came his way. Wings are looking strong so far. Hopefully they can get back to that playoff streak that they're on for 25 plus years also in the atlantic i know it's early but the senators are in playoff position and the maple laughs are in playoff position over in the metro penguins rangers hurricanes kind of some familiar faces up top the hurricanes having the strong year the last couple of years They're sitting there in third but t i mean tied for first so that was my pick for down there in the metro division let's see if they can come out strong what do you got about those Coyotes there, Donnie? Yeah, they start off the season 1-1. One and one. They won a shootout in their first game, 4-3 to three against the Devils. Very fun game to watch. Bajustad, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. He had four shots on goal. Not the worst, but... Borstad. Borstad, but thank you. But Clayton Keller, two assists. 
and then we had uh, we had Dumba, Dumba with one goal. We had Dursey with one goal, and then we had uh, Schmaltz with one goal, and then of course in the shootouts. But we I watched their game last night against the Rangers, and their offense just does not look the greatest. I mean, they had a two man advantage for two minutes in the second period, and their offense just did not look smooth enough. I thought they could have done different, as they fell last night two to one to the Rangers. But of course, it's still early in the season. They, I believe they started out way worse last year, not scoring as much, but I'm excited to still watch this Coyotes team. They're very young, and then I think they're going to make a run for the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the power play helps. It's kind of in the wings lack here because five on five, a lot of teams are fairly equal. It's a power play and penalty kill where you make your money there and win games in the NHL. So if they can get that power play around, maybe they, they won't be as bad as they have been. Yeah, their power play did not look good. But one thing I do want to talk about overtime, Colin, never knew about, three on three. I love it. That, that's been going on for, I think, like six years now, Donnie. Well, you know, I haven't paid attention to much hockey, but now that I am, I love the three-on-three rule. I think it, it, I think it's really nice in overtime. Well, if you want to talk about that, I think they should abolish the shootout. They should start overtime with an eight-minute four-on-four period, and then they go to three-on-three, sudden death for unlimited time limit to see who scores because three-on-three is, is so much fun to watch with these NHL guys. They are so skilled to make plays in the open space that three on three creates and the advantage of three on three is just uh puck possession you want to possess the puck now that the other team have the puck and you know not make that chance or make that dumb change uh to give up an odd man rush yeah no but i don't think they'll have enough energy for that sudden death but i mean i think three on three is fun and i i personally enjoy watching shootouts the most i think it's just a lot more energizing i think it just brings so much more momentum yeah the shootouts are fun i mean in college hockey i think in the big 10 and and the WIA for high school, they do the four on four to three on three. I think three on, I think they're both eight minute sets, and then it goes into the shootout. I think there should be a little bit more time before the shootout. Maybe you could just do an eight minute or a ten minute three on three because three on three is fun to watch, and then go into the shootout. Maybe give a little more time for five minutes. Seems a little short. Yeah, five to, five minutes does seem short. That clock runs real fast. So. It is tiring. I will tell you that yeah. I've played in a couple three on three overtimes. It gets tiring. Oh yeah, especially after playing three three periods. Yeah, no. But- yeah. Anything else you got about hockey there, Colin? Hockey's great. Hockey is great. I've really enjoyed watching it more. But we are going to hop into baseball as we are in the championship series as we got the Rangers and Astros and the Diamondbacks and Phillies. And we are going to start on Sunday where the Rangers won 2-0. Verlander, I saw a stat, he has not lost a single game one yet until that day. Astros offense did not look too good, and Montgomery pitched one hell of a game. Yeah, well, can I say our our, uh, World Series picks are out? Yeah, I had Baltimore, Atlanta, and Colin had Miami and someone else. Baltimore, Baltimore. And Baltimore. So those are all done, but we're still enjoying watching postseason baseball. This hot Rangers team, they they rode a sweep in the wild card, a sweep in the division series, and now up 2-0 in the championship series. Yeah, no, they're looking good. They're definitely showing the Astros up. But last night we want to talk about on Monday, Rangers won 5-4, but Jordan Alvarez, dude, he is a monster. Six home runs in six games in the postseason, too. Most home runs by a Cuban-born player, and he's only 26. Yeah, no, he's probably one of the best lefty hitters out there right now. But we are also going to get a little bit to the Diamondbacks and Phillies in the NLCS as the Phillies beat the Diamondbacks 5-3 to as Wheeler got the win there, Gallon got the loss, Kimbrough got the save. Uh, Phillies, they look very electric still. I mean, I don't think, I think they're going to make another World Series run. I would love to see the Diamondbacks there. I'm kind of a second-hearted Diamondbacks fan family-wise, but I think the Phillies are still going to make that as they are now playing right now in the bottom of the first two for game two. Yeah, I I think the D-backs went over the Brewers was surprising. They rode that into Los Angeles and showed that they could, they belong here 
in the playoffs, sweeping L.A. and then dropping game one to Philly, losing the hot hand a little bit. But let's see if they can bounce back tonight and get the win. I think this D-backs team could make a run. I mean, I thought their bullpen would end up hurting them. It's it's not been bad so been far. Bad They've been scoring runs, so they haven't really needed to lean on the bullpen in big spots. Yeah, I mean, even if they lose tonight, I mean, as Trey Turner just hits a home run to give the Phillies a one nothing lead. But I think even if they lose tonight, I want to see uh, I want to see the Phillies play in that Diamondbacks house. I mean, I think that that place will still be electric. I mean, they haven't really had a chance there since 2011 to be there in that loud. So I think that place is going to be electric, and I want to see how Philly handles that. I know that we call Wrigley Field Miller Park South, but uh, where the D-backs play, I think it's called Chase Field is Miller Park South. It is legit the yeah. same dimensions. Yeah, no, I've also been there a couple times, and I don't know if you're referring to that, but Brewer fans do travel well. But, yeah, it is the same dimensions. I saw Chris Taylor smoke the ball, would have been out in almost any other park, and it was a fly out because it was like 413 dead center, and the wall's taller than ever. Well, I think it's it's a little deeper dimensions, but, like, the setup's the same, the roof's the same, the seating's pretty much the same there at Chase Field. They got the pool, though. It is a really cool field, yeah. I would have always loved to go in the pool. I mean, they always take a dip in there after they win, after they won the – NLDS, they took a little dip in there, but yeah, no, that place looks, it's a lot of fun to visit. If you can get there, I would suggest it. It's a very cool place to visit. Is that in Phoenix? Um, Yeah, I believe so. Parking's a little iffy. They don't really have a tailgate there. It's like a parking garage, but yeah, no, it's because it's hot. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, Cardinal fans tailgate. It's, yeah, but it's football. It's a little colder in the fall. It's not much colder there in the fall. Yeah, yeah hey. Let me have this one. I know, but once you get to postseason baseball, dude, even if that's still your case, like it's going to cool down once it hits fall. So, I mean, you're just proving my point there. Well, you weren't there in the fall. You got a good point there. You weren't there in the fall. So, yeah, let's see how the uh, the rest of the playoff rides out. I think it's going to end up being, I think, Arizona, Texas. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. I want to see a different team in there other than the Phillies, but I would really enjoy to see the Diamondbacks and Rangers. I feel like that would be one good series. As another thing, Max Scherzer made the sixth, made the roster as he is the starter for Game 3 as he was dealing with injuries. Well, that's good to see Mad Max back up on the saddle. Yeah, we will see how he does, and that game's at home too for the Rangers, so that place is going to be loud and electric. Mad Max on the saddle for the Rangers? Sounds like the scene out of a Western movie. It does, yeah. It's a very scary thing, too. You do not want to mess with Mad Max. Yeah, I mean, he was the one that he gets checked for the, the foreign substances, and he gets mad about it. Like, it's a rule, man. Yeah, he's kind of like a righty Madison Bumgarner, I feel like, as I don't know if a lot of you remember, but that clip of Madison Bumgarner getting tossed out after getting checked. He's a nut job. Yeah, I, I, he is a nut job. But... We are going to move over to the NFL now, what we know best, as we are going to start out with Thursday Night Football. I have a lot to say about it. Colin, you want to start us off? Uh, The Kansas City Swifties won 19-8. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Yeah, they showed Taylor Swift way too much. It was like basically just watching the Taylor Swift show at this point. We've talked about in the past, they need to stop showing her. Like, once or twice is fine. But, I mean, even after a Kelsey big play, she's like, oh, my gosh, big play. Like, they wouldn't show that for anyone else, but I, it's Taylor I, Swift. I want her to explain to me what a first and ten is. I want her to explain that, too, or e even if she knows what a touchdown is. Uh, the red zone? Yeah, I don't know what she'll think the red zone is. Maybe she'll name her next album that. Oh, I did see a clip on TikTok of, uh, it was John Gruden calling a play, and it was like Swifties by November, and it was like him explaining, you know, if you know, John Gruden at all. He has these wordy play calls, Spider X, Y2, Banana Z spot. 
but I think it was that exact play. To be yeah. It's a clip from when they would, he would do all the quarterbacks before the draft. And it was like Swifties explaining football by week two. Yeah, no, he's definitely, I like John Gruden. He's a funny guy. But speaking of big play calls, there's some leaked images that got out. I mean, I'm not saying that they can use much, but um, Amazon Prime, I hope their video team does not have a job the next day as a picture got leaked of their whole two minute drill, whole no huddle, all of that. And there was a picture of Russell Wilson's play card. It didn't show much, but it did show how much Sean Payton talks in that huddle. And maybe that's messing with Russell Wilson, but I don't know how much longer I can defend Russell Wilson. I mean, I've been hating on the defense every single week, but I mean, only giving up a single touchdown to Patrick Mahomes and then just field goals. I'll give him props for that. I mean, you, you got to score more than just in the fourth quarter there. Well, I'll talk about it from a quarterback perspective. Like the play card, all it is is like Sean Payton will say like red zone. Or like right hash red zone, play seventeen, and then Wilson will go in the huddle and be like, uh, doubles x x x fly z spot check to thirty two dive. Like that, that's yeah. what he says. Yeah, I still think he's not understanding the playbook well enough, and I don't think that's well. Ever since right. he went Hollywood, he doesn't understand football. Yeah, ever since he started making subway commercials and that whole viral clip, he has not been the same, and he needs to change something. Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, it has been rough as the Broncos did fall 19 to 8. Now they are 1 and 5. It's not looking good for them right now. I'm proud of their defense, though. I mean, Pat McAfee was talking about it a little bit how they were going to make a change at defensive coordinator and they're going to bring in Rex Ryan. But then Adam Schefter thankfully came on and said that's not a thing at the moment. But I don't know why they would fire a defensive corner after a pretty good game against a pretty good uh, Chiefs offense as Mahomes finished with 306 yards of touchdown. Kelsey had 124 receiving yards. I mean,. It's not a bad offense. They've been banged up the last couple of weeks. I think Vance Joseph's got his whole defense back there, and they're they're adjusted now and and ready to go here for the rest of the year. Let's see if the offense can score more points. I mean, 19-8 looks like a Division Seven high school football playoff game. It really does, and I hope that Jerry Judy can get his head out of his butt and start and stop paying attention to the media, as I don't know if a lot of you saw, but, Sean, but Steve Smith said something about him, and he said some words I'm not going to explain on this podcast. But I think he just needs to stop paying attention to the media and focus on himself because I get it. Russell Wilson's not getting the ball out much. But, I mean, with how much potential he has, he is not putting up the stat line he really should be calling. Well, I, I don't think players in general should be looking at the media. I mean, all they have is bad news. Name the last time the media said something good about a player that wasn't named Aaron Rodgers when he played for the Packers. You got a good point there. But, yeah, Russell Wilson, 95 yards, two interceptions. I mean, that's just can't be having that. I think he had 17 yards at the end of the first half. I mean, that's a Chicago Bears stat line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this game was just wacky overall. I mean, I think the Chiefs could have played a little better, but I mean, even Kadarius Tony threw a pass, so anything's possible. But I mean, they even had a red. The Broncos had a huge red zone stop. I mean, Justin Simmons had a nice pick there. We got nice pressure. Took forever to sack him, but once we got pressure, we finally forced him to throw the ball, and he made a bad read. But Javante had 52 yards. He played a little more. I'm glad to see he's a little. He's back. Cortland Sutton was our leading receiver, not our running back this time for once, 46 yards and a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, there's something that's got to change about this Broncos offense. I don't know if it needs to start with the offensive coordinator or if we need to start finding a new QB. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll be calling the Bears at uh, at draft time saying, hey, we'll take that first overall pick. Because if I can segue into the Bears-Vikings game. You can. So, I think it's been well known at this point as the Coyotes have an assistant coach named John Madden I see on the TV. R.I.P. John Madden. Um, not the hockey coach, the football coach. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Madden. Oh, 
yeah. All right, fair enough. But yeah, let's let's go into this game. So, uh, I think if people people should know by now, or people who know me, or this will be the first time you hear me say, it. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I think he is the answer at quarterback for Bears. I think I'm a dying breed at this point. I just think he doesn't have the offensive line or the play calling to do it because what the Bears did the last two weeks, Luke Getzey this week decided, yeah, 10 days off, division game, we got some mojo. Yeah, we're not going to do any of that. So they looked like garbage. I mean, Fields through the air was 6 for 10, 58 yards and a pick. And he got sacked like six times. Just did not look good back there. Ended up on like his la- like the la- his last play of the game he played dislocating his right thumb on a rollout or he scrambled under pressure to get away and gets tackled, dislocates his right thumb. Uh, No damage to be seen as of now. MRI hasn't come out yet, but is doubtful to play this week against the Raiders. And I think, I'm hoping it's nothing too bad he's out this week against the Raiders. That's about it. Because I do not want to watch Tyson Badgett. Tyson Badgett has the arm strength of a sophomore in high school. I watched him try to throw a go route to DJ Moore, underthrew it by 10 yards. Um, I think Donnie could throw a better football than that. Uh, but Tyson Badgett, 10 for 14, 83 yards and a pick. Uh, Bears fans saying he gets the ball out quicker, lets the offense do its thing. Well, Luke Getzey calls a completely different game for Tyson Badgett than he does Justin Fields. I think the Bears coaching staff wants to get rid of Justin Fields, and I think the Bears should get rid of the coaching staff. On the ground with all of the Bears running backs out this week, Deonta Foreman, 65 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Justin Fields, 46 yards, no touchdowns. Velas Jones Jr., who had two carries for 15 yards. And Tyson Badgett, two carries for four yards and a fumble. And a touchdown, but a fumbled touchdown, too. Yeah, you can't be having those and can't be passing for 113 yards between two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I I did like uh, the Bears' defense this week. They did create a turnover on Kirk Cousins. Should have been a pick, not a fumble. His arm was going forward. He only threw for 181 yards and a touchdown, 21 for 31. Bears defense looked comparable this week, unlike weeks past. So, I mean, if they can get their offense and their defense both to figure out what they're supposed to do, the Bears could be a very good football team in the next coming year, especially if they don't draft a quarterback, draft a receiver, and a tackle, and secure up Justin Fields, secure up another threat. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. would fit in perfectly on this Bears team with DJ Moore. I, I think that's what they have to do, but I'm not an NFL GM. I think I should be, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're in the same boat as I was. I mean, I know they're not the same quarterback, of course, but I was a big believer in Drew Locke for many years, and then there's finally that time where I just had to hang up the cleats and say, I need to stop believing in him, and I feel like that may be with Justin Fields in a bit, but, I mean, he's not playing horrible. Can't do anything about getting injured. But, I mean, Bears defense, you're right, they did look better. They only held Alexander Madison on 18 carries for 44 yards, so only 2.4 yards per carry. And, I mean, Kirk Cousins also did not have the top wide receiver in the league. But, yeah, no, that was probably one of the most boring games I've watched. I'm sorry to say that, Colin, but I don't think I'll ever watch a more boring game than that. I, I was bored watching it. Yeah, no, I, I took a little nap during that game. That was, that was a sleeper fest. Yep, the Raiders week bounced back. Tyson Badgett, just keep messing up so people realize it's not just Justin Fields. I'm sorry. I want the Bears to win games, but not with Tyson Badgett at quarterback. Maybe Trace McSorley time picked him up today. You never know. No. <laughs> no. What's next? Nathan Peterman? 
Oh, yeah. He's also on the roster. I, I just had to point that out. <laughs> Nathan Peterman is the backup quarterback for the Bears so right now as of this second. It's not looking good. But before Colin breaks something in this room, we're going to move on to the next game as we had Baltimore beating Tennessee 24-16. That was the London game. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't play too bad. 223 yards, touchdown and interception, ran for 62 yards. I, I don't understand how he can still run the ball. Like, he's a worse passer than Justin Fields, and he still runs the ball more. Like, defenses, I feel like, don't respect him running the ball as much as they do Justin Fields. Can you explain to me why? Because I can't figure it I out. I feel like a lot of the times why they don't want to hit the quarterback is because they go down so quick, and they are very strict on late hits this year. So they probably don't want one of those, of course. But... I mean, Lamar, he looked all right, but Mark Andrews was a leading receiver as a tight end. You're going to see that. I mean, of course, he's a he's a highly rated tight end in this league, top three in my opinion. But, you know, defense played well for Baltimore, as but Ryan Tannehill gets injured during the game as Malik Willis had to come in. Four for five, 74 yards, not the worst. I mean, but Derrick Henry put the team on his back and finally showed some fantasy owners that he still has some juice left in him at 97 yards and a touchdown. Spears had one reception for 48 yards as that that was their leading wide receiver. Good to see Derrick Henry have a bounce back week. I am never up for the London game, so I don't have anything to say about this. Me neither. That's either sleeping time or church time for me, so I didn't get to watch much of the game. I just saw some stat lines. But we are going to move over to the Commanders and Falcons. And I think that the head coach of the Falcons, after Desmond Ritter's two interceptions, I believe in the fourth quarter, I think that explains the move for a lot of Falcons fans. He had 307 yards, two touchdowns with three interceptions. You just cannot have that playing against any kind of team. Well, maybe the Bears. They can't score. So Yeah, you're still on the Bears. It's all right, Colin. You'll get over it. I don't think I will. <laughs> But then Alligator, 13 carries, 51 yards. Bijan Robinson, 13 carries, 37 yards. Drake London, 125 receiving yards on nine receptions. Pitts finally scores a touchdown this year. I don't know what he was doing with his celebration. I mean, it was probably one of the weirdest ones I've seen this year. But we'll move on from that. Sam Howell only had 151 yards, but he had three touchdowns. So that's a big that's a big plus for Washington. Brian Robinson had 31 yards on 10 carries, and then Terry McLaurin had 81 yards on six receptions. I didn't get to watch much of this game. I was watching other games, but, I mean, it looked like a pretty good game. I saw highlights of it, of, it, of the coach. I mean, Desmond Ritter, you just can't do that in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know why they're not getting Cordero Patterson in there more either, Cole. I mean, one carry, zero yards, and he had one reception for six yards. Yeah. Big pass back that they're missing out on. But we are going to go on to the Seahawks and Bengals as the Bengals took down the Seahawks 17-13. to Geno Smith throws two interceptions for 323 yards. K-9 at 62 yards. Touchdown. Tyler Lockett, 94 yards. Burrow, two touchdowns and an interception. Joe Mixon, 38 yards. And Jamar Chase, uh, leading receiver yet again this week, six receptions, 80 yards. And as we are going to move on to the next game, as we got the Browns taking down the 49ers. That's a big one. I don't think the Browns deserve that win one bit. P.J. Walker did not play well. It was a sloppy game. I don't, I disagree with a couple defensive calls that they had on the holding and late hit. I mean, they had one where they thought it was a helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. Clearly showed that his shoulder pad hit him. That was a bad call. There was a holding call. That was a very bad call. I mean, San Francisco did miss the field goal at the end. Brock Purdy didn't play his best. 
but I think they got a lot more to worry about as Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey are hurt and Debo Samuel. So I think they have a little more to worry about as they try to bounce back next week against the Minnesota Vikings. But yeah, PJ Walker did not look did not look in top shape as Deshaun Watson does not play again as it is not looking good for all that money that they paid him. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I'm not big on the 49ers. I don't think their roster's as good as everyone thinks it is. I'm a big fan of Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator and a play caller, but I'm not a I'm not a 49ers guy. Yeah, no. As there's yelling going on outside our window right now. Do you hear that? Yeah, I think they got a couple flag football games going as uh, my team did not make the flag football championship, but it's okay. We'll bounce back next year, but yeah, P.J. Walker did not have a good game at all, but the same thing happened to the 49ers last year. They had one sloppy game, and they had one good year, and it was literally the same thing. It was super rainy. They played a crappy team. Sorry, Colin. I'm not disagreeing. But, yeah, no, I think the 49ers will bounce back, and they'll still stay hot. As Jerome Ford had 17 carries for 84 yards. Cooper had 108 receiving yards and a fumble. Ayuk had 76 yards receiving. McCaffrey had nine for a touchdown. And then McCaffrey, 43 rushing yards. But, yeah, I it was a big shocker indeed. They missed the kick. But, I mean, I think I don't think the 49er fans should be scared. I think they're still one of the most powerful offenses. But as the Dolphins beat down on the Panthers 42-21, the Panthers got up early in this game, up 14-0, and then down 21-14 at half. But then Dolphins just took over from there as Tyreek puts up a typical 163 yards and a touchdown. Two had two, 262 yards, three touchdowns, and Mostert had two touchdowns with 115 yards. As we're going to move on to the next game, as both of us do not have anything to say, the Jaguars beat up on the Colts. So we're going to talk more about the Colts' bad situation here at quarterback, but we're going to go over a couple stats. As Minshew had three interceptions with, with 329 yards. ETN had two touchdowns. I'm glad he wasn't playing himself in fantasy if anyone else saw that tweet. And then Pittman, nine receptions, 109 yards. But Anthony Richardson out for the year. Not looking good for the Colts at all with Minshew. I mean, Anthony Richardson isn't that good to begin with. So Yeah, no, I didn't think he was having a very good year. I mean, came out of Florida, but, I mean... I, I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback come out of Florida other than Tim Tebow. I was going to say Tim Tebow. Yeah, I can't remember, but we we all know what happened with Tebow. But as the Texans beat the Saints 20-13, to 13, as Derek Carr passes for 351, three yards, and a touchdown and a pick, Kamara, 68 yards, 19 carries, Olave, 96 yards, seven receptions. As the Texans, they played a pretty good game here, even though the box score shows that the that the Saints were the leading in every single stat. C.J. Stroud, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Singletary outplayed Pierce, which I'm pretty surprised about. Nico Collins, very fast guy, very young, four receptions, 80 yards. I mean, that was a pretty, it was a pretty low-scoring game, but it was still fun to watch at the end. There was no scoring in the fourth quarter. So if you like defensive shootouts, that was the game for you. As the Patriots stay cold as Mac Jones plays another horrible game as they lose to the Raiders 21-17 as that gives the Raiders their third win of the year. 2-1 at home as Jimmy G gets hurt and Brian Hoyer has to come in. Haven't heard that name in a while. I think the last time we heard Brian Hoyer, I believe it was either the Browns or the Patriots, Colin. I can't remember. Played for the Bears, too. Oh, he played for the Bears. Yeah, he's been all over the place. But then Mac Jones, I mean, he's just, I don't think he's New England's guy. I mean, maybe it's time for the Patriots to start tanking, as Colin was talking about it in last podcast, that the Patriots haven't had a quarterback problem, of course, because of Tom Brady. But now, 
I mean, they're saying Belichick's on the hot seat. That's not looking good for him at all, as that's going to prove a lot of people right that think that Brady was all the reason for all those rings. And that's honestly what I'm starting to think about right now, unless Mac Jones, I mean, you see a lot of successful quarterbacks out of Alabama, and Mac Jones just is not that guy right now. Who? Who? Yo, okay, man. You're telling me if Tua didn't have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and, like, a really good offensive line this year, all of a sudden they came out of nowhere, he would be anything good? Yes. No. Yes, I think you so. are. Wrong. I think somebody's just mad that his team doesn't have a good offense. No, you're wrong. He's a lefty. Name the last great left-handed quarterback. I can't think of one right Steve now. Young. Steve Young. How long ago was that? A while ago. The 90s. Did, was the forward pass even invented yet? Did they even throw the ball? No. And you know why Steve Young was good? He played on a great team. He did play on a great team with you. You know what? Lefties can't play quarterback. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Lefties can't play quarterback. It's a spot for the right-handed man. And Tua will prove that wrong in the upcoming years. No. No. No, he will not. Tua Tagovailoa is is carried by talent, not by his ability to play quarterback. Look what they did to the Broncos without Jalen Waddell. Still have freaking Tyree Kill. That's still only one wide receiver, Colin. Fucking the Chiefs did it. Got a good point there. I know I have a good point there. Besides your claim of Tua Tagovailoa, name another good Alabama quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Okay, another team with a fucking great team, and Jalen Hurts squats way too low. No, you are wrong again, Donnie. Yeah, he didn't have the best game, but he has played well. I mean, he got the team to the Super Bowl, dude. Did he get to the team to the Super Bowl, or did the rest of the teams get to that Super Bowl? He did for me in fantasy last year, man. Fantasy football isn't real football. Yeah, I know, but it shows how well they play, and I think he is a very good system quarterback. Yeah, that doesn't make you a good quarterback. Why? Just because he has one game with three interceptions, that's going to call him a bad quarterback? I called him a bad quarterback before a game with three interceptions. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He can sling the ball. He can run the ball. He can do whatever. I don't think he's good. He can even receive the ball if you want him to. They'll pull out the Philly special here and there probably. Okay. Name another one. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on from that game. That's what I thought. That is what I thought. Just like your take about Ohio State last week. Yeah. And I will still agree with that. I will bring on special guests here that will still agree with me. And I think everyone is wrong. All right. We got the Rams beating the Cardinals as Cooper Cup is finally the leading wide receiver for the Rams as the Rams won 26-9. Cooper Cup had 148 yards and a touchdown. Dobbs, 235 yards and a pick. Williams had 158 yards and a touchdown. He's looking really promising for the Rams. I'm glad to see that as the Cardinals dropped to 1-5. Rams are 3-3. As the Jets... Beat the Eagles 20 to 14. Yeah, Jalen Hurts now. Okay, one loss out of No, Jalen Hurts now. He has one bad game. Lost to the MILF man. Ah, dude. It's one game, man. The MILF man. I would knock over one game, but Hurts did have three interceptions, 280 yards. He led the team to carry in two, and AJ Brown had 131 receiving yards. But that was one game where it was shocking. He did not make good reads at all. It, that was just a You mean game. the true Jalen Hurts came out? He'll come out. He'll come out for the rest of the yeah. season. I don't see that happening again. Yeah, I don't see it happening at all. Okay, but we are going to move on as the Lions stay hot. They're three and zero away, and they're five and one as they beat the Buccaneers twenty to six. As Baker Mayfield was looking really promising, as he did not look too promising in that. Oh, game. you mean Jalen Hurts who had to leave Georgia because of Justin Fields and Jake Fromm? Is that, is that the same Jalen Hurts? Is that the same Jalen Hurts? I'm sorry, everyone, but he's not going to get over this. I'll be hearing about this for weeks still, but. 
Goff, 353 yards, two touchdowns, Amon Ron St. Brown, 124 yards and a touchdown. And I'm going to bring up that Craig Reynolds block, if you saw it, Colin. That block was disgusting. I think I saw it on Twitter. I, I don't remember it, but I think I did see it. Well, all I can say is he laid a dude out and led Amon Ron St. Brown to that touchdown. That was probably one of the greatest wide receiver blocks I've seen probably since the Packer Broncos Super Bowl that my dad always tells me about, and I always see highlights on it. But that was it was a very good game to watch, I would say. And then the Bills and Giants. Never thought I'd see more boring game than the than the Vikings and Bears. But Bills pull that one out fourteen to nine as they score fourteen in the fourth. Ty Tyrod Taylor, two hundred yards, no touchdowns. Barkley Barkley was back ninety three yards. Good to see that. Diggs had a hundred yards, but that was was not a very fun game to watch. I turned it off, but as we are going to lead to the Monday night game as the Cowboys defense steps up as they beat Justin Herbert 20-17 to as Dak Prescott actually played a pretty good game for once. I was very surprised out of that as he had 40 yards rushing, 272 passing with two touchdowns, one receiving, I mean one passing, one rushing as CeeDee Lamb had seven receptions for 117 yards. My boy Justin Herbert lost. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a big believer in Herbert. I like him, but he did not play well. I mean, he had, he, that first drive he played pretty well. but I mean, yeah, did you see the clip of the chick in the stands, though? I did. That was hilarious. I saw it all over social media this week. The Chargers super fan? Yeah, no, that was so funny. I mean, I bet you she, she probably woke up the next morning. That was probably the best day of her life is how much fame she's getting. Well, women love attention. They do. They really do. But... We are going to go on to our picks for the week. As last week, we tied at 9-6. and six. As now, uh, Colin is still up by one as he won the, the first week we did picks. As we are going to move to Jacksonville and New Orleans, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. I'm going to concur. Is that too big of a word for you? Do you not know what concur means? Concur means. All right. As we got the Raiders and Bears, I'm going to take the Raiders here. I'm going to take the Raiders, too. Aw, poor thing has to pick against his Bears. Uh, just because Justin Fields isn't playing. Yeah, we got Cleveland and Indiana. Cleveland, they're coming off a game that they won against a very good team. I'm going to take Cleveland here. Are we going to agree three straight picks in a row? I mean, I'm not a big believer in Minshew right now after the way he played. I mean, he got dominated. I'm taking the Colts. You're taking the Colts. Minshew mania over here. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, hopefully they show him more. They haven't showed him much. Yeah. I just want to disagree from you. I want to be right. I want to win. Yeah. But we got Buffalo and New England. I'm going to take Buffalo here. Oh, yeah, Buffalo. I feel like that's a pretty easy pick with the way Mac Jones is playing. I'm not even going to get into and, that and, again. And Josh Allen, man. I'm not going to get into that. But we got Washington and the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants here. I think they'll pull out a win. I'm taking the Commanders. I like how the way Sam Howell's been playing football recently. He has been playing very good football. I'll give him that. But Barkley looked really good. And Washington does have a pretty good defense, but I'm going to stick with my pick. As we got Atlanta and Tampa Bay, I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. I think Baker Mayfield's going to come in ready to win again as he did not play well against the Lions last week. I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Yeah, I'm going to agree Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay at home. Love to see it. As I think this is probably going to be probably the game of the week other than the Sunday night game. We'll get to that. But we got Detroit and Baltimore. I'm still going to take Detroit here. Still a big believer in Dan Campbell, and I love what he does. I'm going to take Detroit, too. I wanted you to take Baltimore so I could tell you you were wrong. I was thinking about it, but, no, I'm going to stay on the Detroit train. They Their offense looks way too good. Their defense looks amazing, even without C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But we got Pittsburgh and the L.A. Rams. I'm going to take the Rams here. They looked really good. 
Yeah, I, I don't like Kenny Pickett, so I'm I'm gonna take the Rams as well. I'm, I like Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that was a big believer in Kenny Pickett. I was listening to all the analysts about him. How he's gonna have such a good year. I mean, His hands was, are too small. Maybe it's Matt Canada. You never know. No, he 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 wears gloves at quarterback. I I hate I hate quarterbacks who do that. I was never a big Teddy Bridgewater guy. Teddy, Teddy two gloves. Teddy two gloves. Never a big fan of him. Nope. Was hated him. Hated him in Denver. But we're gonna go to Arizona and Seattle. I'm gonna take Seattle here. I will also be taking Seattle. All right, we got Green Bay and Denver. Certs to do, but I mean, they're back at home. They're but I'm gonna take Green Bay here. I'm gonna take Denver. See if Russell Wilson actually wants to show up, and we'll see how Jordan Love does. Uh, he, he has a bye week after that horrific game he had on that Monday night game. I can never take the Packers ever. I never want to, but I I finally want to beat you in picks in one week. So we're gonna and we got the Chargers and Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chargers here. That means I have to take the Chiefs. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a bounce back game. I don't think Casey is really as powerful as they have been. I mean, you're not. I mean, I think the Chargers are, have a lot more potential than just 17 points as they showed. But this is the game of the week here. Miami and Philadelphia. This is going to be a great game. Hurts needs to have a bounce back game. Miami's been hot. I'm going to go with Miami on the road here. Can I not pick either team? I mean, you're going to have to pick one. That's how picks work, Colin. Can I pick a tie? I mean, if you want to, you can pick a tie. All right, fine. I'll take Philly. You'll take Philly? All right. I don't like either quarterback, so I guess I'll take Philly because I think they have a better team all around. Better defense, better better offensive line, better defensive line. So I'll take Philly. Yeah, I'm surprised you took Philly. You've never been a big Philly guy. You've been talking about their little play for the last couple of weeks. I mean, I agree with you on the play. It's very illegal, but see how that goes. Yeah, I just... I'll take Philly, I, I guess, Zach Ryan. I think the only reason I'd take him is because of Jason Kelsey. I love watching him on this podcast and what he had to say about the whole Swift thing. We're not even going to get back into that or else we'll be going for another 30 minutes. You mean about his brother, Mr. Pfizer? <laughs> That's a good one. And then for our Monday night game, we got San Francisco, Minnesota. I'm going to take San Francisco here. I, I'm going to agree because I watched Minnesota play last week and they're not good. Yeah, I mean, they even look good against the Bears. Imagine how they're going to look against the 49ers. I mean, anyone can look good against the Bears. Freaking Russell Wilson looked good against the Bears. Yeah, exactly. I've been making that point for a while. But that is going to conclude our picks for the week. I think that's also going to conclude our episode for the week, unless you got something else to say. I do not have anything else to say. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can catch me on Twitter at Gilmore Donnie. Thank you guys for tuning in again. I'll hand it over for, to Colin to finish it off. Yeah, everyone have a great rest of your week. Uh, thanks for putting up with us to argue about stupid shit for I don't know how long this episode is, but uh, you can catch me on Twitter at CullenKing07. Uh, I usually tweet about the Bears, and it's usually nothing pleasant. So Yeah, I've been retweeting a lot more. I haven't been very active on Twitter, but I have been retweeting a lot more about the Broncos. But we will see you guys in the next episode of Broncos Country. Let's ride. See you next week, Bear Down. Change my faith on kiss the best. Wait, I special call me back. Some I do you do this to